With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome back to the Voice of the Vic podcast. There's no Ben or Mike today, they've gone off to Spain. So I'm your host, recording from Leicestershire, all right for some. I am joined by Matt Lansley from the Elm Park Royals podcast. That's a, a, Reddit, a Reading dedicated podcast. Matt, how are you? All good, all good, thank you. I'm feeling like you've got a bit of the uh, the bad end of the deal here, not not getting a trip out to sunny Spain. but Yeah, I know, well... <laughs> I'll deal with it. So, <laughs> if you haven't gathered, we're here to talk about the newest member of the Watford squad. That's Tom Ince. We talked about him the other day. He played 38 games last season, scored nine, assisted four or five. The number varies. And he picked up Reading's Player of the Season award. So, yeah, he's been announced today. The fee is rumoured to be 50 grand. It's a two-year deal with an option of another year. I think that's brilliant. So, but what do you think, Matt? How are uh, how are Reading fans feeling, and how are you feeling? Um, yeah, I think to be honest, we knew that a lot of the players that we got last year they had relegation clauses in, um, be it either players able to pretty much get out of their deal if they went down. It was kind of the deals that we had to put on the table to players. Um, Tom, it's kind of being one of them. There's a few others that are being rumoured. Obviously, Naby Sarr also went. Um, he activated a relegation clause. Some people think Andy Yeardham has got a relegation clause as well. He signed a contract last summer. Um, it's just a reflection of where the club was last season, to be honest. Um, I think fans would probably rather see them see those players probably probably leave rather than being stuck on a championship wage in the in League League One because I think ultimately the players that sign those contracts probably had in their negotiations that they they weren't going to accept you know a, a, a wage decrease and I could probably fully fully put Tom Ince in that camp you know I don't think he'd want to play League One football he's not a League One footballer anyway you know he's not I know he was part of a relegated team but he's not he's not League One quality so um so, so yeah it's uh I think some some fans are kind of like well off you go then you know kind of think there's still quite a bit of animosity because of the Ince name and kind of what Paul Ince 
to the team last year and disregard for, for really the fans and the club. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think a lot of fans are just aware of the, the nature of the situation really. And um, yeah. So, yeah. So before joining Reading, he, he'd had a few years where he'd struggled to really make any kind of mark on anything. He scored eight and got three assists in the three seasons prior to joining Reading. But then when he joined you, he sort of exploded a little bit. He had a great season. What clicked for him? <laughs> um, that probably differ between who you ask as a Reading fan. I think a lot of a lot of Reading fans, again, playing under playing under Papa Ince, probably will uh, point towards that as a motivator. Um, you know, I think Stoke fans, Huddersfield fans, they all kind of said to us that, you know, if, if you get him on your day, you've got a brilliant, brilliant player. You know, they just never saw saw that really in any kind of abundance you know so they they were left frustrated by by Tom Ince. his attitude was always questioned by those clubs as well um how that then changed at Reading who who knows really because virtually his entire time at Reading was was under um, was under Paul Ince um when he came in as manager I think he only had two games prior to um to Ince coming in um where he actually um played uh, and played not under under his dad and then when his dad left he was injured so he never played actually after Paul Ince also went so it's um a bit of an unknown um all we can really talk about is I guess the time that he had at Reading you know and kind of under under his dad or not he was a very good player you know whether or not some Reading fans would like to like to admit it he was our player of the season for a reason um, it wasn't hard, to be honest, to, to to stand out in the Reading team last year, given how poor pretty much everyone was. Um, but um, he was by far the best player in the team. He was quick. He was direct. Um, he would ride his socks off, which was something that was very unlike Tom Ince of the past three, four years. Um, you know, he he seemed like he had a desire and a and a real will to to play football again, which kind of, I guess, went went missing, like I say, in the previous seasons. It it kind of, I think a lot of people drew comparisons of his time back um, before when he was at Derby, when he was a really effective player, you know, real top-end championship player. Um, probably not quite the same player as he was then, probably lost a bit of pace, still quite good on the ball. Um, his end product has got better, though. Um, you know, he was putting in good balls um, and, I mean, he was picking up goals again, which was one of the things that dried up over the, the previous years. But um but but yeah, probably the one thing that he'd you would look at and at his time in Reading, even though he was our top assist um player, I think virtually all of them came from set plays. So um yeah mate probably still got a bit of work to do kind of um in open play, creating chances. Um but at the end of the day he was our top scorer, so he was kind of um scoring more than he was assisting, you could say. Yeah, so you mentioned set plays there. See, we are absolutely crap at them. We are hopeless. We um we signed a player, Imran Loser. He was good at them at his old club. He can't beat the first man now. Is Tom Ince guaranteed to beat the first man on a corner? Uh, depends how tall that first man is, I'd say. Um, <laughs> um, no, joking aside, he was... On, on the whole, his, his set-piece delivery was good. You know, like... We were actually threatening from set pieces last year, um, which again we'd struggled um, in in prior years with that side of the game. Um, free kicks, though, as well, 
he's brilliant at you know he scored a couple of free kicks for us last year he can he can really crack one from outside outside the box as well um so whether it's corners if it's a, a direct free kick an indirect free kick you know i think you've got a good good set piece taker there um might not beat beat the first man on every occasion but um but but you know i think he's a solid set piece taker really for the championship level that's good you so uh, you speak as if he's sort of split opinion. Then can you just play devil's advocate for a minute? What are some of the Reading fans not liking about him? Um, the Ince name. <laughs> um, it, yeah, like, I think a lot a lot goes for that because there's I've I've probably not seen a manager so hated by a fan base really as Paul Ince. By the end, he was absolutely. Uh, you wouldn't find one fan that kind of really says much of a good word about him. That naturally falls into, you know, if if, if your son's then playing for the for the same team, it doesn't really shine a good light. Um, but for, for Tom, it's, he had a really good first half of the season for us last season. The second half of the season, there was probably where the wheels maybe came off a bit. And you could, well, one thing that was always a constant was, him shouting on the pitch, shouting at teammates. Um, sometimes not very pleasant uh, um, compliments either, which uh, was picked up by people on the sideline. Um, one of the main um, incidents that happened, it was a, I think it was a home game against Hull, um, where Tom Holmes, our centre-back, he played the, played the ball out of play. It was a dreadful pass to Tom Ince, but he then volleys it back about 50 yards in frustration call, um, and then calling him, a number of expletives which not many people really took much liking to because it was literally like the dummy was completely spat out at that point um there'd been occasions before where you could see things simmering as well with kind of his his feedback but i mean he said it on well it it was discussed on sky sports after a game in an interview um you had luca shaw and tom ince kind of um in an interview together um and they they kind of joked with the with the interviewer about um, about Tom Ince and the running and kind of the the I think they described it as a a leader kind of personality that Ince had taken up on the pitch, um, but um, but yeah, it's it was more kind of just shouting abuse really seemingly at teammates. I think a lot of fans got very bored of that by the end. Um, you know, there, there's a way that you communicate with teammates, and there's a way that you know you your teammates up get people you know up for the fight etc but it seemed like he was crossing the line on too many occasions and it was m- more like a, a spoiled child really um i think paul ince uh described it as taking accountability and defended him by saying that but yeah that that's that's really the the biggest thing with him and it goes into his work ethic as well kind of it's it's probably a, a thing that's plagued his career tom ince um, his his work ethic, what happens when it's not going his way, when things aren't coming off, he's going through a goal drought, he's struggling in a game, you know, does he just down tools, you know, or is he up for a, up for a fight? You know, first half of last season, he seemed like he was. Second half of the season, the wheels really started to come off as it did, obviously, with uh, with his dad managing. Um, so, uh, yeah, that that's kind of really where a lot of the animosity comes comes from just a mixture of just the name and work ethic and uh yeah well that does bring me on to the next point he's been labeled as a bit of a bad egg is it just the the shouting bit or is there more to it than that 
Um, no, like I think I think a lot of it is the shouting element, and like I say, he might see it as trying to be accountable and trying to, um, you know, be a leader on the pitch. But there's different and better ways to show that you're a leader on the pitch than just bad mouthing your teammates on the pitch. Um, he always used to say, kind of, what what stays on the pitch stays on the pitch. We'll get what gets said on the pitch, sorry, stays on the pitch. Um, but you know, like like I say, when, when you've got fans that are within earshot of things that are being being said, and then you know they get circulated. I mean, it's it's not really what you want to be seeing or hearing from from a professional because then it just looks like you're a spoiled child spitting your dummy out, you know, and um, almost just trying to be someone that that you're not really um yeah it's whether it's being a bit too much of a loose cannon or like i say if it is more of an attitude thing history might tell you that it's more of a more of an attitude thing because it's not the first time it's kind of happened and people have seen it um just hope obviously for you guys that you know you see the the better side of of tom Ince because he's a good player he's a really good player like i say he won player of the season for a reason you know, um, he won us multiple amounts of points last season and he can do that for a team. Um, hopefully you see that more than the uh, shouting, bad-mouthing, throwing the toys out of the pram, Tom Ince. Yeah, well, we we are used to that on our pitch. A lot of shouting at each other, not everyone on the same page. So He might fit in perfectly then. Yeah, <laughs> version, he'll fit in perfect. If not, then he'll probably be off in Jan. So... I understand he's played a lot of positions for you this season. Where do you think he's best? He's he's best probably still out on out on the right wing. I'd say um, he spent a time kind of as a, as a number ten, kind of either playing off a striker or playing but slightly behind a striker. But I think he's still probably best out out on the right and cutting in on his left. Um, like I say, multiple times he kind of. He, he finds himself one-on-one. He's still got a trick in him. Um, he's, he's not as quick, like I say, as he used to be, but he's still got some pace. He's not he's not a slouch, um, you know, and he's kind of got the freedom to do a bit bit of everything out, out on the right, I feel. Um, you know, he can, he can create a bit. He can put in a good cross, um, take on a defender, cut in and have a shot. I'd probably say that's that's the best position for for, uh, for Tom Ince. If I was going to be playing him in a team, that's where, that's where I'd be playing him. Right, so... Our idea is that we think he's brought in as backup. We're uh, we're hoping he's not the main man because you know he can blow hot and cold. So, do you think he'd do well, sort of as an impact player off the bench, maybe half an hour every game, sort of stand in maybe every now and then? I think a lot of it will come down to his mindset at that point. To be honest, if he's been brought in as a backup, have you still got? Will it be Ishmael Assar or has he been sold or? He he's most likely being sold, but he's got a year okay. left. Okay, fair enough. Well, if if he was up against him, he's probably not going to break in above Sar. I'd say. Um, you know, I think most fans would probably be in agreement with that. Probably Watford fans as yeah. well. Um, you know, there's there's too much to to Sar's game to really cut out. You know, he's not really a championship player. I'd say. Um, you know, he's probably slightly too good on that side so um, yeah if he if he came in if he's got a player like that in front of him 
how frustrated is he going to get? You know, maybe not getting the opportunities, getting the playing time. Will his mindset then kind of, you know, dither a bit and drop off? History might kind of point towards that. Um, you know, because the one thing that he had at Reading was pretty much starting week in, week out. There was only really one or two games before the end of the season where he didn't play. And it was more, um, yeah, he needs a rest at this point because he's played every single minute of every single game. Um, so, uh, so yeah, how he would do as a backup, it's it's just going to be the the mindset piece, I think. Um, keep him hungry, keep him, keep him feeling like he's being included, getting minutes. He might kind of flourish like that if he's happy to take a role like that. But you know, I guess time time will tell on that front. Right. Lastly, from me, how do you think we'll do when his dad comes through the door in October? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big question, isn't it? Seemingly wherever he goes, his dad follows. Um, I hope for your sake, you do not get graced with the presence of Paul Ince, honestly. Um, yeah, don't don't put that image in anyone's mind. It's not worth it. Um, I saw a rumour the other day that he might have been going to Sheffield Wednesday, which was soon after quashed. But I just felt sorry for him at that yeah. point because it's no one deserves to have that man as manager. Um, yeah. I hope for your sake that uh, yeah, Flurry and Ishmael can uh, stay a bit longer. So uh, yeah, you're not faced with the uh, inevitable September uh, international break firing that seemingly happens at Watford. Yeah, well, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Ince that came in. We've been going for that sort of older English manager lately. So yeah, but that that's all from me. Uh, so thank you, Matt. Good luck for the season. I'm intrigued to see how Tom Ince does. I think it could be a really good signing. But yeah, so thanks everyone for tuning in and see you in the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.